sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we've got a couple Cubby wins to recap as they uh, finalized their sweep of the Mets yesterday, Thursday night, winning 4-3 in a walk-off thanks to Jason Hayward, and then uh, beat the crap out of the Brewers on Friday, winning 15-2, another offensive outburst. The Cubs now have won four straight games, uh, and are now 10 and nine and are just a game back of first place. Uh, kind of crazy in their first 14 or excuse me, first 13 games, the Cubs scored just 34 runs in their last six games. They've scored 55 runs. This offense is very hot and we're seeing some great performances right now through across this lineup. It isn't just one or two hitters. So that's great. But the question now kind of comes to mind here. Can this Cubs offense find consistency? Can they do this all the time? Obviously, 15 runs is not something you can expect all the time, but can they continuously score and find ways to continuously hit? Feels like the Cubs will score two, three runs, but do it on just two hits. They're getting a ton of hits, 17 hits on the day today. That was really great to see. Another good thing to see as well as Kyle Hendricks bouncing back. So we're going to recap these games here in this first segment, preview the remaining two series or games in this Brewer series for the weekend in the second segment. And then the third segment, we'll just kind of touch on a couple quick notes here before we wrap up through the weekend here. But today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Uh, download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our rooms in the Locker Room app. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So Locked On does have a couple different rooms on there. Usually right after games, there'll be previews, what have you. A bunch of the guys are jumping in and out of there. Um, It's been fun to see. So if you guys haven't checked out Locker Room, please do. I know we're uh, in the process of trying to do a live show through Locker Room. It's a little more complicated because Ryan doesn't have, um, (laughs) he doesn't have an an iPhone. So uh, it gets a little weird from there. But we're going to try and get the logistics figured out and do it because a lot of people have seemed to have a ton of success with it. And it's a cool way to interact with you guys. Be awesome to talk live on the show with you guys here but as we talked about at the top of the show the cubs beat the mets four to three good game throughout the cubs took an early lead chris bryant double uh drove in a couple runs to make it three nothing the mets came back a little bit jd davis uh smashed a two uh, smashed a two-run double i believe they came back to score in there and it was jason hayward who pinch hit and Gets the walk-off win in the bottom of the 10th. Mets played them tough. This was a good game. And a a, a team that looks like once everything's figured out for them, at least offensively, as well as they're going through some struggles right now, um, they should be one of the better teams in the NL, if not probably one of the best teams if coming out of that division in the NL East with the Braves. Um, Philly's looking good in that division too, though, but this Mets team scuffling a little bit. The Cubs were able to take three from them. That's huge. Now they're going up against this Brewers team and a Massive offensive explosion, as we talked about, 15 runs scored. Um, cut a lot of home runs in this game, too. Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, all homering in this game. Uh, Jake Marisnik as well. Marisnik had five RBIs on the day. That was impressive. Um, 
hitting across this lineup. That's really nice to see. I, I don't believe there was, I, I think, just one starter. I'm looking through the lineup here. I think it was just Hendricks, who's technically the only starter that didn't get a hit in this lineup. The Cubs had Matt Duffy, Eric Sogar, and Nico Horner coming into playing left field later on in this game. Uh, Austin Romine pinch hit, got a hit, and stayed in to play catcher throughout this game. The Cubs were getting some guys some rest early on, but um, Brett Anderson takes the loss in this. He was just was able to retire one out comes out of this game hurt but he gives up three runs uh josh lindelbaum comes in and the cubs just kind of start teeing off on him he gives up eight runs in three and two thirds he was pretty much just put into sacrifice is, is what it felt like rasmus Bordormo, yardley not much better yardley and, and uh rasmus didn't give up any runs but didn't look fantastic in their inning of work Bordormo gave up four more there as well um you know it just wasn't the the, the the Brewers day and it was definitely the Cubs day Kyle Hendricks though bounces back six innings six hits two earned runs one walk six strikeouts gave up two home runs um in that six inning of work it was a bummer it looked like Hendricks was going to try and end on a high note just couldn't get those last couple outs but um eventually did but gave up the two home runs looked a lot better this was a, a very much a Kyle Hendricks start um and you're hoping that this is maybe something he can use to turn that corner and start kind of putting up the numbers we expect him to. Kyle Ryan, just fresh off, uh, coming from the alternate side. He's back up with this team. Two innings of work, just one hit, one walk, one strikeout. Ryan looked good. Uh, Dylan Maples, an inning of work, two strikeouts. His slider looked really good. Um, that was impressive work, especially a guy that's coming in and his biggest issue has been control, being effective, uh, coming in in a blowout game, but needing to perform after, you know, essentially, I think a week off. It was nice to see Maples come in and be nails. That was nice. Uh, again, if he's a guy that can figure things out, absolute weapon at the back end of your bullpen. Um, I'm not holding my breath, but um, <laughs> it was nice to see. Nico Horner, though. Welcome back, Nico Horner. Go ahead and pick yourself up. Three hits on the day. Nice to see that. Did have a stolen base, picked up a walk as well. Did, you know, just looked like a good player had a tough play in left field a little bit um maybe moving out there later in the day a tough liner that bounced off the wall that he had to come back and corral but it was nice to see nico horner i don't you know he's already immediately having an impact i don't see horner finding himself getting bumped off this lineup anytime too soon i would assume matt duffy would get sent down before horner at this point i think assuming horner continues to look as well as he has but his just his defensive ability in the infield the ability to be able to play shortstop because right now the cubs don't have anyone i would say they could play confidently at short maybe david Bodie. of course i would say bias might need a break but he had three hits today um <laughs> he struck out once because he's javier buys it's going to happen but um three hits on the day the home run a couple of ribbies here that was or just a rbi on the home run but you know, buys looking a little better. You know, you can't necessarily look at a game where the Cubs had 17 hits and say, oh, buys picked up three. He's back. Everything's fixed. We're ready to go. Um, you know, that's that's not necessarily the case. Uh, it does help to the Cubs were even if Brett Anderson was sticking around looking like they were going to hit him a little bit. Uh, they hit little bomb instead. Um, Lindbaum instead. And that's great, too. This offense, you can't pick apart anything really it's it's looking good i mean clearly you score 15 runs you have 17 hits on the day it's impressive stuff but the cubs scoring early in this game really took a lot of pressure i think off of kyle hendricks who'd been scuffling let him be himself uh, spotted him 10 runs by the first two innings that's nice and it was nice because the cubs continued to obviously they score i think a run in the fourth four more runs in the six um but they continue to 
just have quality at bats, get guys on base, put pressure on these pitchers. They weren't easy innings throughout this game. There were a couple times the Cubs did, you know, have some trouble bouncing into double plays, clearing things up for a guy like Rasmussen, who was struggling a little bit before that double play ball. Um, you know, this offense is looking really good. The question now comes, can they do this against better pitching? They're going to see Freddie Peralta on Saturday. They're going to see uh, Brandon Woodruff on Sunday. Two guys that the Cubs have struggled up against them you know, in two starts right now. But um, offensively, it's really nice to see Chris Bryant, three hits on the day today, um, getting on base. He's looking fantastic. He's got a 313 average with a 1041 OPS on the season. Anthony Rizzo looking great himself as his batting average is climbing OPS, getting closer to 900. Contreras led off today in this game. He's got a 967 OPS and three ribbies off that home run he had. He was the only guy who hadn't had a hit at that point in the starting lineup and rips a three-run shot, no doubter, into left field. It's just been a fun couple games. <laughs> if, if, if anything, if this doesn't turn into anything more than what it is, uh, it's been fun to watch the Chicago Cubs these last few games. Um and, uh, man, I, I forgot how much fun it is to watch a really good Chris Bryant. And I think that's really the difference offensively when you look at this group. You know, Chris Bryant hasn't been able to hit. This offense has been struggling. He was one of those few guys in this lineup. Heyman Rizzo just felt like he could get on base at any point and really create from there without a guy like Bryant being 100%. I think it's been hurting this offense. We're seeing what you know how much easier it is for everyone else to do well in this lineup when a Chris Bryant is – continuously getting multi-hit games and starting games out by ripping doubles. So excited to see what this Cubs team does against a Brewers team that was playing good baseball coming into this and is still at the moment right now leading this division. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to Locked On NFL's YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft starting April 29th through May 1st. So here in the second segment, we are previewing the weekend series for the Cubs as they will be going up against two pitchers that have absolutely had the Cubs number in their first two starts against them this season. It'll be Freddie Peralta on the mound here for Saturday's game. Uh, Peralta versus Alzale. Uh, Peralta pretty darn good in his last start against the Cubs back on April 12th. Six innings, two hits, just one earned run, two walks to 10 strikeouts. Did allow one home run on 93 pitches, but looked absolutely dominant. Uh, one up against the Pirates, got a no decision through five innings, just three hits, three earned runs, three walks, seven strikeouts, so another home run allowed. Um, he's just filthy. Uh, his two starts against the Cubs, he had eight and ten strikeouts, um, and those four walks could have easily turned into four strikeouts too as well. The Cubs were just free swinging and really trying to attack pitches that just <laughs> just really weren't there. A 2.00 ERA in the season, Peralta's been dealing, and uh, he's a guy that the Cubs exactly you who you you want the Cubs to see right now to figure out who they are but if you're the Cubs are definitely a guy you're like okay he, uh this might be a we're not gonna score 15 runs tomorrow um <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen at least Edward Alzelay though comes back up onto the roster he was optioned down to the alternate side to make room for him after his start last week so the Cubs could get a couple more arms in after uh, a rough few starts but Alzelay it faced Milwaukee five and a third, three hits, three runs, uh, one strikeout, or excuse me, one walk to six strikeouts on 68 pitches. Looked pretty good. Um, I don't think he was necessarily struggling. Um, the strikeouts were really solid, and uh, the Brewers just, you know, they just kind of, they they didn't necessarily hit Alzale, but the Cubs weren't doing themselves any favors either. Um, his other start against Milwaukee as well, five innings, four hits, two walks, 
four strikeouts, two home runs on 77 pitches. Um, you know, it just kind of felt like a little bit of growing pains, I think is the way I described it in his last start. Um, he's just a guy that it was figuring things out, but he's learning how to deal with adversity. And I think that's something you just have to come to accept from a young pitcher. If you're you're hoping that one of these guys is going to make it, you've got to give him a shot. And Elsley, the numbers don't look terrible. Four and three runs against the Brewers, six strikeouts in his last start to just one walk. Already an improvement. I, I think they should let him ride it out a little bit. I know Ross at that moment when he pulled Elsley, even though, you know, the Cubs had he'd given up a couple of runs and things were looking a little shaky at the moment. Um, yeah, he'd let Trevor Williams a start or start or two before that ride out longer than he probably should have. And he talked about it later on saying he should have had a quicker hook for for Williams. He shouldn't have put him out there the next inning. I think he felt the same way with Elsley. He wanted to come and get him early on. So I, I understood what he was talking about, but I, I would have liked to have seen him let Elsley figure that out a little bit. Tough game. In a moment where the Cubs do need to win, I understand why he makes that move, but you've got to let those guys figure those moments out. It was his biggest complaint or his biggest issue when he was with the Iowa Cubs two seasons ago is that he had the best stuff in the club, but just could not figure out what to do. And that stuff wasn't quite where he needed it to be. We were seeing him do just that a little bit against Milwaukee and I liked it. So, um, Hopefully we see a little bit more of that on Saturday. But Sunday's matchup will be Brandon Woodruff versus Jake Arrieta. Woodruff, the last time faced the Cubs, uh, did just allow just one hit, eight strikeouts. The Brewers did pick up that win four to two. The start before that was against the Cubs, two six innings, three hits, one earned run, uh, a walk, and six strikeouts. He technically picked up the loss in that game. Um, but Woodruff has been really good in his last start against Minnesota. Did get Gave up a few runs, three runs on six hits, um, five strikeouts to two walks, just four innings of work. He got pulled early on in that game, but Woodruff has been one of the best pitchers in baseball um, this, these last few months here going into last season, too. Um, him and Burns are really two of the biggest reasons the Brewers are going to win some games this year. Um, he's a guy that can just mow guys down. Simply put, 26 strikeouts doesn't just happen by accident to just six walks. He's super efficient, can really attack guys and he just goes at you and can keep his pitch count low. And that's really why the Cubs getting into the bullpen early on is huge because uh, if they can push a Woodruff out early on in the game, like the, like the twins did last week, just four innings on 90, I think we think he threw about 78 pitches, get him out early on in that game. That's huge. That probably won't happen, but if the Cubs can do that, they're, you're asking a lot of your bullpen to come back and pick up some more innings. But either way, Woodruff is, pretty darn good him and Peralta are two guys I'm really nervous about because the Cubs do I mean they are very swing happy right now and they're making a lot of contact something they weren't doing before adjusting for all the lack of contact they were making but they also haven't seen necessarily pitchers like they're seeing here on Saturday and Sunday so those adjustments are going to be things that I'm, I'm keeping an eye on um, but this Cubs offense has been a lot of fun and I, I, I hope that this is a sign of things to come some some things you're looking at at least is Anthony Rizzo starting to heat up a little bit He's gotten he's got a hit streak going on right now. Jake Marisnik seems to be hitting the ball well, even though he's just getting starts mainly against lefties. He hit a couple homers today. Perdomo, he did hit. It was a lefty. But um, you're liking that. You're hoping this offense can continue this momentum at least. You don't expect the entire lineup to keep hitting, but with what Rizzo's been able to do, what Chris Bryant's been doing, Wilson Contreras hitting now, um, you think with those three guys, everyone else should be able to collect hits when they need to and step up hopefully and have those good at-bats. Uh, 
But that's what's been the most fun about watching these games. The Cubs are putting together really good at bats, even in moments where they do have a six, seven, eight run lead. They're still working counts. They're still seeing pitches. That's how you stay in games. Even when you are behind, you have to have that mentality throughout an entire game. And that's something I have picked up on the Cubs, even when they are down, even when their offense just looks like hot garbage. There are times where they are still trying. You can feel someone still grinding out in a bat. Sometimes it feels like they miss they missed they were missing those pitches to attack in those at bats, and that's why we were selling saw like a couple games ago their first start against Peralta they saw a lot of pitches against him but weren't doing a lot of damage they were still missing some of the mistake pitches and swinging at some pitches they shouldn't have that discipline looks like it's come up a little bit I'm hoping that this offense from what we saw here on Friday can at least stay hot find a way to hit a guy like Peralta and I think if you're if you're able to really push across four or five runs against a guy like Peralta or Woodruff that really builds a lot of confidence for your group because you know it's not just a, a couple hot games and then it's then it's really okay well we, we figured something out here we're, we're starting to find ourselves offensively if I'm looking at a guy they identify I would have said Jack Peterson had he not just gone on the IL that's why obviously Nico Horner's up here so I'm going to say Nico Horner I think that contact approach is something the Cubs miss in this lineup and as we saw today, three hits. He's really getting aggressive and swinging and attacking. The first pitch he saw, he hit a double. That's what the Cubs need. They need a guy who's going to make good contact, have bat-to-ball skills, something the Cubs have lacked here. If this Cubs offense start going, starts going cold, you've got a guy like Horner who you know at the least is going to make contact. You know What that contact is is kind of the question. We Obviously, we've seen the negatives of that with a guy like Albert Almora, who can make a lot of contact but not do a lot of damage on that contact. Horner's got better bat speed, it feels like, and it also feels like he's got a better idea of what pitches he should attack and what he should be doing with those pitches. Um, let's hope that maybe his bat can keep pushing people across, keep moving the lineup, um, as it goes through here, uh, we saw the Cubs stick him in left field just because why not? A, you know, a blowout game, see if he can play in left field. You know, I, it's not worse than Kyle Schwarber, I would say. Probably don't necessarily want Horner out there all the time, um, but it was good to see that. I think that's a guy I'm looking at and seeing what 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 does Nico Horner do here with his uh, his chance to maybe stick on this roster. I don't think he's going to give it away. I think the versatility that he that the Cubs are clearly trying to get out of him is is going to be too valuable. Um, and his contact bat is just exactly what you're looking for if you're a Cub offense that's been struggling you you found some hot moments here your offense is really starting to hit the ball and it's not relying solely on the home run that's nice to see but if this thing if this starts to cool off teams start pitching the cubs extra carefully having a guy like horner is nice to have it's a good it's a good thing to have on your bench it's a good thing to have starting every day you know that's where i think it should be but david bode's shown enough at least right now for me to want to let him get a few more plate appearances before we say that Horner's the guy. And obviously Nico Horner needs to do more than have a couple of hits after coming back up than to say, yeah, no, for sure. He's the guy, but he's a guy I like his, he's the type of batter profile. You, you look, to, you look to lean on towards when you do have an offense that's struggling a little bit. So um, out of the bullpen, Kyle Ryan back and looked good. Nice to have another lefty Rex brothers, obviously. And, and uh, Andrew Chafin, the only lefties in the pen. Now you've got three with Kyle Ryan. Um, he gives you a little more depth, gives you a guy that's not necessarily going to miss bats, but keeps contact low. does have a nice change up. He's kind of a reverse splits guy. Righties don't hit him well either. Um, so if Kyle Ryan can get back, I mean, obviously just a couple of years ago, him and Rowan Wick were the two big pieces in this bullpen. Um, Craig Kimbrell looking really good, looked fantastic a couple nights ago. Um, man, Gosh, can he? Craig Gabriel has just one hit. He's allowed just one hit. 
incredible. He hasn't given up a run yet. Looking really, really good. And uh, the I think we could safely say this is a great run from Craig Kimbrell. He looks like he's locked in at the moment. Um, I don't think this is necessarily, oh, poor, bad teams, blah, blah, blah. No, he's executing. The it, no, it doesn't matter who you are. When you're nailing the corners and striking guys out with your knuckle curve as a strike, not necessarily just leaving the zone, but staying in the zone as a looked-at strike three, that's when you know you've got your stuff working. So... I'm excited to see what this Cubs team does against a Brewer team that looked a lot better than this Cub team just a week ago. What's going on, guys? Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs, here to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, of course, one of the best-tasting protein bars out there, but they've got six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, to go along with some of my favorites, which are the double chocolate, mint brownie, I like peanut butter, the raspberry chocolate one are great. I'm a big chocoholic. I love chocolate. That's what makes these bars so great. Each one is 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. They don't have big, chalky, chunky pieces of like oat and whatnot. It's just a bar. It's soft. It tastes good. And it's great for the health conscious guy. I know my myself, I feel bad when I go in the morning and grab a donut or go and get, you know, coffee cake from somewhere. I feel bad about eating it. I feel bad later on because I'm not getting much energy. It kind of just, you know, you get that 2, 3 p.m. crash. Not with Built Bar. Take, for instance, the peanut butter bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. That is a bar that tastes good and can be good for you. But right now, Built Bar has a special promo right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off your next order when you go to BuiltBar.com. And right now, Built Bar is also including a free cooler with purchase. That is while supplies last. Make sure you head to BuiltBar.com as quickly as you can. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars you will ever have. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Lockdown and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysts from the NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason LaCafornia, and Brian Baldinger, and our local experts from every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 in the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is the home audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So here in this third and final segment, I had a couple quick things I wanted to point out. There was an article from Marquee Network. I saw Tony and Drake. He wrote this a couple hours before, shortly after it was announced that Jack Peterson was heading to the IL. The Cubs don't really know how long he's going to be on the IL. He's on the 10-day right now, left wrist tendonitis. So that's something that could linger. Obviously, we, we, we've talked about Chris Bryant's injuries with his wrist that he was dealing with last year. It seems like it was a lot worse than it ended up being reported as that's something that could linger so they don't really know how long peterson's going to be out but it seems like the plan right now is to plug nico horner into whatever position they had to move a guy like let's say chris bryant out of third base into left field nico horner could then step into second move Bodie into third or vice versa keep horner there at third or he's shown his ability to play the outfield obviously we saw him in left field today um he did make a start last year in center field um he's played really good defense at second base and he has that speed element in the athleticism to slip into those spots and kind of play where he's needed so that versatility is going to allow him to pretty much slip into whatever spot the Cubs had to move someone out of to play the outfield or wherever that may be um so I thought that was uh, I thought that was cool that the Cubs are already starting to think of him as that in that role and that's key because the biggest reason they didn't want um to keep 
corner on this roster, if they were going to have David Bodie be the starter every day at second base, is that they didn't want to take plate appearances from him. Now, if he's been at the alternate site not really getting a plate appearances. We're still, I think, 11, 12, maybe, maybe 10 days actually away from minor leagues a season actually opening up. But it's not like Horner was doing much at the alternate site anyways. You, you aren't really getting much experience. Obviously, there's going to be major league starters that you're getting BP experience against. But, you know, at the end of the day, you really we need to see if Horner can find and make those adjustments at the major league level. And now that there's a chance for him to get more plate appearances, it's a good it's a good opportunity for Horner to at least get a couple at bats probably every other so every other so game or some starts here and there. I like this approach. So um Jake Marisic's another guy I like as well too. Obviously the five RBIs, he's had good approach at the plate, really strong defensively, and brings a lot of speed to the to the base base pass. Something that it seems like David Ross is gonna try and take advantage of. I've liked the oppressive approach from the Cubs. Just kind of even not even just like stealing bases, but just rounding bags harder than they typically do. We saw Baez obviously almost get himself into trouble a couple nights ago against the Mets, not quite paying attention on a, a blooper that fell that he didn't expect to fall. A quick throw over to first base almost got him a review. Initially said they they did have him out, but reviewed and showed he was safe. Um, but it really just was just a split second from you know if, if Alonzo gets that ball just a maybe a hair earlier, he's mighty actually able to tag Horn or uh, Baez at first base, but instead Baez kind of like <laughs> Alonzo catches that ball to the right of Baez's head and kind of tries to swipe tag him. It doesn't work out, but um, even still, I, I think that approach is what the Cubs need to do, so especially when you're talking about an offense that was struggling just a little bit ago, having that aggressive approach, sometimes that gets you the extra run you need. Maybe you run into an out here and there, but the Cubs have savvy baseball base path runners, I guess, and they've got some guys with good speed. You know, Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez are faster players. Chris Bryant, the same same situation. These guys, you can use them to run and take bags, push these guys. And Jake Marisnik's a guy you really can utilize that speed. He's probably one of the fastest guys on this roster. Um, but even Jason Hayward got on his horse and pulled out a triple uh, today. You like to see that extra aggression and those extra ba- bases that they take. Sometimes that you know we saw the Cubs do that, and then they couldn't push that person home, or you know it it doesn't always pan out. It doesn't mean you're going to get runs because you were able to get that extra base, but it puts pressure on that pitching staff, especially moments where the Cubs are getting that pitch num- pitch count up, taking that extra bag. It makes it tougher, and I I, th- I think that's an approach the Cubs are. I, I'm happy to see them kind of adopting and pushing harder on the space pass. Uh, they've got too much athleticism on this team not to. It's kind of silly they didn't do that before. I know teams have pushed away from it. It's not smart baseball, whatever have you. Who cares? If you're not scoring runs, figure it out. Um, and I like that. It's a good approach to have here. But that will do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. We appreciate you guys sticking with us throughout the week here. We'll be back for you. Uh, We'll have an episode Monday morning recapping this weekend series against the Brewers and previewing their upcoming series from there. But we appreciate you guys sticking around. Make sure if you have not, you are following us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Make sure you're following the podcast and whatever podcast app you use, whether that's uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Odyssey. Make sure you're following. Leave a five-star review. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs.